Father God, in Jesus' name, we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, we pray for our nation. We pray for our, that our nation will come to repentance for its sin by the presence of Jesus in the midst of the nation and by the glory of God falling upon the nation. We pray, Father, that you will, by the strange devices of human processes, bring forth your glory and your kingdom. Father, we don't care what kingdom stands as long as it's the glory of Jesus standing. We pray, Father, for justice to come, righteousness to be manifested, truth to come forth. We pray, Father, that everyone that would do evil would come to nothing. We pray that every device of Satan would come to nothing. We pray that every plan of wicked men would come to nothing. We pray, Father, that those things which you place in people's hearts for love and truth and justice and goodness and righteousness will flourish in this land and in the nations. We pray, Father, that those who would be violent will be stopped in their tracks and those who would, who would devise evil intents for others would be halted, Father. We pray that, that in the government of men, there would be the government of God. We need you, Lord. We need you. We thank you for the flourishing of our church in the midst of COVID. We pray for the families of our church. Prosper them where they are, in their homes, in their workplaces, as they go in the way. Keep them safe, Father. Guard their children. We pray, Father, that you're going to cause their personal finances to flourish in the midst of a hard time. We pray, Father, for those who suffer would bear it up, not only with patience, but with overcoming, conquering truth in their hearts and love in their, in their souls and victory. We are those who overcome the world. We have not been overcome. We are those who are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself up for us. We are alive from the dead. In Jesus' name, everyone said. All right, we were singing some Pentecostal songs, so got to pray some Pentecostal prayers. Hallelujah. How many of you know what day it is? Who knows what day it is? Come on, Jesus, who said that? There it is. It's, uh, it, it's last night was Hallow Tide, or Hallow's Eve. Uh, today, today is today is today is All Saints Day, All the Holy Ones Day, and tomorrow's All Souls Day. So it's three days in the in the High Church that are that are celebrated. That first one that's been perverted into Halloween is a day where people wear masks out of their fear of the saint of the of the veil between the living and the dead being so thin that the dead ones can manifest and they're hiding themselves. Yeah, you. That's what that's behind all that stuff. You say, well, that sounds pagan. Well, then don't do it. <laughs> it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. But for you and I, yesterday was also a significant day in the history of Christendom. Yesterday was Reformation Day. Hallelujah. And so I'm gonna read you some scripture. I'm gonna to talk to you about my friend and uh, patron saint, Martin Luther. 
Is it okay for charismatic Christians to have patron saints? You don't know? You don't know. Raul says I can, so that's all good. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, can I tell you what Raul told me last night? Raul says he walks up to people, they say, who'd you vote for? Oh, no, they say, he walks up to people, they say, did you vote for Biden? And he says, yes, and they say, good. He says, they walks up to people and say, did you vote for Trump? And he says, yes, and they say, good. Papa, everybody's happy. And everybody's lying. <laughs> All right. The word of the Lord. Hallelujah. If I can find it. I'm in Romans chapter one. I actually have a Bible and no slides. I actually have a Bible. What do you say from here to New Year's we bring Bibles to church? What do you say let's just do that? Let's wrap... If we're going to rattle graves, let's rattle some pages for a while. Let's, let's rattle some pages. Let's, uh, let's just do it for fun. Let's have a little nostalgia. Bring paper Bibles to church. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. 1 Romans 16. For it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also the Greek or if you will, during this season, to the Jew first and also the pagan. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it, it is, is written, the just shall live by faith. Martin Luther, man, he was a dude. Uh, I knew about Martin Luther just about as soon as I knew about Jesus because I'm a cradle Lutheran. Got any, got any other cradle Lutherans in here? Hallelujah. Come on, Jesus. And um, listen, if you're born in Jackson, Mississippi in the 1950s and you're a cradle Lutheran, that's a big deal right there. Because <laughs> there, was, there was only one Lutheran church in our city when I was born. And uh, we used to learn about Martin Luther. So we would, what we learned most of all about Luther, we learned that Luther had anguish in his soul about himself and about his soul. He lived, he lived in intense agony of soul about his salvation. I want you to know it's people like that who make a way for the rest of us. I'm telling you, if you think I'm bothered that you're troubled, that you can't get touched by God or you can't get what you want from God, if you think it bothers me, you don't know me very much because I think that's the most glorious path you can be on, a path where you have to seek him with all your heart because the Bible says he can be found. And when you, are, and when you find God, no man has to tell you. When you've been touched by him, you don't have to go to somebody and say, am I all right with God? So I'm all right if you're struggling with that. I'm just not all right if you quit struggling. All right? So, you know, I always tell the story that, that I, I was uh, not really a seeker of God, but I had these strange encounters with God in my Lutheran church. And 
would always kind of hear God speaking to me. And then puberty came and I didn't hear that speaking anymore. I heard something else. And, and, then, and then I got to drinking. And when I would drink, God would speak to me. This is really true. I'd actually, when I was alone, I would talk back to see if I could get, get real answers. God would call me. I've always loved that I, because there came a time when I got older in life and I got religious and we all get religious. Anybody says, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. They're lying even if they don't know Jesus. So, so one night I was, one night this drunk was trying to talk to me and I literally looked at him and said, I don't talk to drunks. And the Holy Spirit said, I talked to you when you were drunk. And I found repentance right there on the spot. You ever found repentance that quick? Right there on the spot. Repentance is the word that sparked or helped to spark the Protestant Reformation. Luther was a man who, listen, he made a 600-mile pilgrimage on foot and crawled on his hands and knees up the holy steps and placed alms in, in the offering so that, so that he could do penance for his sins. You guys know what penance is? In Catholic spirituality, to, to get yourself right with God, you had to have contrition for sin, then you had to have confession for sin, and then you had to make satisfaction for your sins. It's like a three-step path. If you failed to make any of those three steps, then you would find yourself paying what you owed after death in purgatory. Listen, on the one hand, you say, white Catholics are uptight about their sins. I'd wish I could find one Christian that was just a little tweaked about their sins. Well, Luther was tormented and he always wanted to know, how can I know if I've done enough? And so in 1505, he was making a journey toward home and he found himself in a storm and lightning struck the ground nearby him and he cried out and said to, cried out to St. Anne. Since, it, you know, I'm, this is the All Saints Day. He cried out to St. Anne and said that, save me and I'll become a monk. Well, he left law school and ended up in the monkery and became an Augustinian monk. Five years later, he was making his pilgrimage and all the while wondering if he was right with God. Oh, for, oh, for 10 people who with all their heart just wanted to be right with God right now during COVID, right now during this contentious election, right now 
during this horrible time. Oh, for one, two, three, maybe 10 fiery souls who would say, I have to be right with God. It doesn't matter what happens to man in the body politic. Well, Luther, as a monk, then spent time tortured and he began to watch this practice of indulgences. Well, what are indulgences? Indulgences was the plan that was made for how to remit the sins that ended you up in purgatory. See, there's some people that um, have a uh, surplus of good works. I married such a one. Listen, the unrighteous always find the righteous to marry. And, and, and which one were you, Ethan? <laughs> don't, don't answer that question. You're dead either way. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and the popes would issue papal edicts to allow the sale of indulgences. These indulgences had kind of dual purposes going on. For the papacy, they meant filling the coffers with gold. And during the time of Martin Luther, St. Peter's Basilica was being built. And it was in great need of money to build the basilica. Luther, I told you, was a parish monk. And so he would observe what happened in the church. And he would observe that the popes would send these fiery evangelists. One such was a man named Johann Tetzel. And Tetzel was an interesting kind of a preacher. He would... He would preach the sufferings of purgatory with such clarity that, that people would do anything they could to remit those sufferings of the people they loved. In other words, he used empathy to cause people to throw money at a, a solution. And Luther saw his people being financially exploited and he was offended by it. But Luther was not so sure because Luther didn't quite understand. Um, he himself had participated in indulgences. When I told you he made that pilgrimage, he paid indulgences. Again, the idea, if you miss it, is that if you give an indulgence, it counts as a good work and it could be credited to the account of someone whose good works were deficient and suffering in purgatory. It's a fascinating system. Humans are never devoid of such things. And, and Luther, again, who like wins it enough. So he's tortured in his own soul. He's tortured by what he sees happening to his people. And man, is he a ferocious student. And in 1516, Erasmus's Greek New Testament was given for the Latin Vulgate of Jerome. 
For those of y'all, y'all are getting a little, little, little class going on now. In the Latin Vulgate, Jerome had translated repent for the kingdom of God is at hand into do penance for the kingdom of God is at hand. Had he translated it be penitent, he would have been on target. But he translated it do penance. The church correlated that into having people do their penance. When Luther studied Erasmus's Greek text and saw it was metanoia, saw the word repentance and knew that it meant a change of heart, a change of mind, that inward transformation. Luther was now a light with the information he needed to go to war. Hey, listen, if you're not going to war, you're in, in the way. Y'all know I'm talking to myself, right? Y'all understand that. You can always find preachers will preach against themselves all the time. Anything you find a preacher going on about all the time is his problem. And because I know that, the things that are my problem, I don't ever talk about. <laughs> no, it just comes out of you. Hallelujah. Do you understand that I'm talking about warfare? By the way, we finished Ephesians. Did you notice? And so we're, we're actually doing a warfare sermon because, hey, it was Halloween weekend. And, and, hey, this election is coming up. And, hey, my patron saint, it's his weekend. Martin Luther. But by the way, it's so funny today. If you say Martin Luther... People, and by the way, if you Google Martin Luther, you're going to get a whole lot of articles on King. <laughs> the guy who was named for Martin Luther. Not too bad, by the way, that two major reformers have that name. Well, Luther was a spiritual warfare guy, and he's ready to go to war. And so, 1517, all Hallows Eve, he goes to the castle church in Wittenberg and posts on the door a document called the 95 Theses. You probably, anybody ever read that? Yeah, come on, Jesus, hallelujah. Out of love, y'all want me to read it? How about just a taste? Out of love for the truth and a desire to elucidate it, the Reverend Father Martin Luther, Master of Arts in Sacred Theology and ordinary lecturer therein at Wittenberg intends to defend the following statements and to dispute them in that place. Therefore, he asks that those who cannot be present and dispute with him orally shall do so in their absence by letter in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Number one. Our Lord and Master Jesus Christ in saying, repent ye, intended that the whole life of his believers on earth should be constant penance. 
Number two, and the word penance neither can nor may be understood as referring to the sacrament of penance. That is, to confession and atonement as exercised under the priest's, priest's ministry. So you, the, So the rest of it is about that. The rest of it is him building his case about that. Well, little did he know. He expected that he, he just, you know, he's in the process of pastoring his church and he saw that Johann Tetzel with his little ditties where he would say, every time a coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. And he was offended in his soul that his people were being manipulated in heart and, and, and <laughs> what, scammed in money. And he wrote against it. He had a little bit of a justice thing going on, Mama Gail. Hallelujah. Are y'all, are y'all still here? Am I boring y'all? I'll get, you, I'll get you there before I'm done. And Luther, three years later, found himself in a firestorm that he could not have conceived when it began. So catch this. 500 years ago today, Luther sat in his room with a papal bull in his hand condemning him for his 95 Thesis and other writings on 41 counts and charging him with heresy and calling him to Rome, or calling him to give an account of himself. And it had been delivered by one Johann Eck or at the auspices of Eck. Luther and Eck had disputed these things. You heard the call for dispute. Eck took up the call. Eck was the Roman Catholic scholar of the day and Luther took him on. Eck was a man of letters and scholarship and um, a seasoned veteran. And Luther was exactly as the Pope described him, a wild boar of a man. And if you actually read about Luther, you're going to discover a wild boar of a man. And so he sits there and he's, ref he's reflecting, no doubt. He, has, he was given 60 days to answer. And on... All Saints Day, 1520, he had yet 39 days to answer the charges. One of my favorite things about Luther has always been his great hymn. I used to try to teach it in the Baptist churches where I would go if they didn't know it, and oftentimes they didn't because his great hymn was such a spiritual warfare hymn. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. 
our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. And so Luther invokes the battle in the hymn. He invokes the battle further in ways that will surprise you. Luther is trying to figure out what shall he do? The Pope is Leo X. And Luther literally decides to try to give the Pope an out. Because Luther, by this time, it's been three years since he started his battle. And Luther was like, I'm going to win this battle because I'm right. And so now he's like, how do you answer a, a Pope who's, you know, as soon as this thing was issued, you need to know it wasn't a private letter issued to Luther. It was a letter issued in all the lands and everywhere read. And people would, by that time, gather Luther's writings and burn them. Frederick the Wise was the patron of the local church where he had nailed the 95 theses and Frederick the Wise was told by the Pope to deliver Luther over to, to his hands and take him into custody. Frederick the Wise was secretly in favor of Luther. <laughs> and so Luther sits down to reply. I'll read you a bit of it because you want to really get the sense of a man. Here it is. I've heard that a bull against me has gone through the whole earth before it came to me. Because being a daughter of darkness, it feared the light of my face. <laughs> For this reason, I, and also because it condemns manifestly the Christian articles, I had my doubts whether this really came from Rome. And was it not rather the progeny of this man of lies, dissimulation, errors, and heresy, that monster Johann Eck? You see what he did? He's given the Pope a chance to throw Eck under the bus before the bus is invented. The suspicion was further increased when it was said that Eck was the apostle of the bull, uh, a, a papal bull being just a document and an edict. Indeed, the style and spittle all points to Eck. True, it's not impossible that, that where Eck is the apostle, one should find the kingdom of Antichrist. Nevertheless, in the meantime, I will act as though Leo is not responsible, not that I might honor the Roman name, but because I do not consider myself worthy to such or such, such high things for the truth of God. All right, he goes on, and I'll just give you the last bits. Because he goes on. Hallelujah. Where are you now, most excellent Charles, emperor, kings, emperor kings and of Christian princes. You were baptized in the name of Christ. Can you suffer these tartar voices of the Antichrist? Where are you bishops? Where are you doctors? Where are you who confess Christ? Woe to all of you who live in these times. The wrath of God is coming upon the papist and the enemies of the cross of Christ that all men should re resist them. You then, Leo X, you cardinals and the rest of you. At Rome, I tell you to your faces, if this bull has come out in your name, then I will use the power which has been given me in baptism wherein I became a, a son of Christ and a co-heir with Christ, a son of God and a co-heir with Christ, established upon the rock against which the gates of hell cannot prevail. 
We've been talking a lot about your authority. Here's the man who cut hold of who he was. He didn't have to have a class on it. I call upon you to renounce your diabolical blasphemy and audacious impiety. And if you will not, then we shall all hold your seat as possessed and oppressed by Satan. The damnable seat of Antichrist in the name of Christ whom you persecute. But my zeal carries me away. I'm not yet persuaded that the bull is by the Pope, but rather by that apostle of impiety, Johann Eck. Doesn't it tickle you a little bit that the thought that Luther thought maybe the Pope would read this and repent? And take the out that he was given? If anyone despises my fraternal warning, I am free of his blood in the last judgment. It is better that I should die a thousand times than that I should retract one syllable of the condemned articles as they excommunicated me for the sacrilege of heresy. So I excommunicate them in the name of the sacred truth of God and Christ will judge whose excommunication will stand. Amen. Anybody wonder why he's my patron saint? I'm going to refresh my Lutheran readings is what I'm going to do. Hallelujah. I might get me some, I, what a, ho, 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 stop, Alan. What was Luther doing? He was defending the gospel. What's the gospel? The simple gospel that you and I stand before God justified because of the merits of Jesus Christ. None of us will stand before him worthy. We will stand before him dressed in righteousness that is not our own. But we have a war to fight and we're not done yet. As Luther goes on, did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side. The man of God's on choosing. Just ask who that may be. Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabaoth, Lord of hosts, his name. From age to age the same. And he must win the battle. Oh, church of Jesus Christ, Stand in his righteousness in this world and stop counting on the systems and powers of this world for our salvation. But understand that no matter who sits in the seats of human power, you sit in the seat of Christ at the right hand of God, justified and able to go to war with those powers which destroy humanity and able to stand against the forces that would crush people under the, under the foot of profit and, and of heresy and lies and oppression. Oh, for 10 Luthers. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. The, that prince of darkness, grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word will fail him. That word 
above all earthly powers. No thanks to them abideth. And don't miss this. The spirit and the gifts are ours. 500 years ago, he wrote, through him who with us sideth, let goods and kindreds go, this mortal life also. The body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. (laughs) And that's the gospel. And it's All Saints Day. Luther was named for St. Martin, the patron saint of alcoholics. Sometimes I like the Catholics too much. I fuss with them like Luther, but I find avenues within them and among them wherein the grace still flows because the missteps of man cannot thwart the glory of God in Christ Jesus. I want you to I want you to seat yourself in that. Some of you have heard that old hymn, Our Anchor Holds Within the Veil. I preached on that last Wednesday morning in Hebrews where we find out that Christ, our high priest, went behind the curtain and there he is as an anchor for our souls, holding us where? In that place, in the holy presence of God. so I'm expecting a whole new move of God in the earth. Not a move wherein we can say this government or that one is in righteousness, but a move wherein we can say these souls have stood in the presence of the, of the holy flame that wasn't created and can't be put out and have been touched with the fire of his presence, and they ever live. Hallelujah. This gospel of Jesus Christ has survived popes and kings and presidents. It's survived wars and pestilences and famines. It has survived false religion, false brothers, false prophets. It has survived liars and accusers and boasters. This gospel of Jesus Christ is simply this, that those who call upon his name stand blameless before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. May his righteousness not merely count in your favor, but may it clothe you that you may know that you are standing in righteousness and may you have that peace that passes understanding and may you go to war. Stand together.
Let's receive Jesus. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, if you're here this morning and you're a far off Christian, we have a table set for you. Our Jesus has told us to take the bread and take the cup. Our Jesus has told us that he, that, that the bread is his body and the cup is his blood. Our Jesus has invited us to receive him. Our Jesus has said that if we receive him, our sins are placed on his body. And if we receive him, his blood is sufficient sacrifice for our sins. Our Jesus has told us that if we eat his flesh and drink his blood, though we are dead one day, yet we shall live. Our Jesus has told us we are his. And so I can stand before you as a minister of Jesus Christ and I can say to you, if by faith you take that morsel of bread and say, I'm receiving you, Jesus, that he will not cast you out. And if you have been far away from him, but by faith this morning, you take the cup and you say, I'm coming home, Jesus. He will take you in. Are you ready, church? This is the body of Christ, which is given for us. Prepare yourselves with the cup. Father God, in Jesus' name, we call this cup blessed. And we say this is the blood of Christ blood of the everlasting covenant. The blood of Christ is shed for us. Hallelujah. You see, I'm not able to tell you the condition of your soul. I'm simply able to tell you that all who trust in him will not be disappointed. I'm able to tell you that it's okay that you know you're unworthy because that's what qualifies you to receive him. I'm able to tell you that when you stand before him, It will be the wounds in his hands and feet and side and the crown of thorns on his head that declares before the throne of God this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one is mine. I'm going to pray one more time and as I'm praying, if you want to receive the laying on of hands for prayer this morning, like anything you're carrying that you don't want to leave it here, I want you to come. Holy Spirit, would you come? If you need prayer this morning, I want you to come. I want you to come stand down here at the front. We love to pray for one another. I'm always certain that having preached the gospel, people still know that they carry burdens and problems and infirmities and 
pains and troubles and that we want to still minister to each other and we want to stand in the gap. We want to lay hands on the sick that they can be healed. We want to bless those who feel themselves uh, under the cloud. We want to intercede for those who are troubled in relationships. So come. Come if you want prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. There's someone you need to forgive. Come and just speak to the Lord and say, I forgive them. And you say, well, that would be a lie. Then you say this. Okay, Lord, I don't want to be a liar. I ask you to forgive them. If anyone has harmed you, tell the Lord you hold them harmless. Anyone has lied about you, tell the Lord. You bless them. Ask him to speak his truth over them. Ministry team, would you come and stand with these guys and, and lay hands on them and bless them? Uh, listen, always under in COVID days, you don't want somebody to touch you. When they come, you just hold your hand up and they'll just pray for you without touching you. Hold your ma- Have your masks on if you don't mind, ministry team, when you come. I need uh, three or four more guys, two or three women. Hallelujah. What you got? <laughs> you hold the reins of the sun and the moon. My horse is driven by Jesus. You cover the mountains, the valleys below. I need two ladies Pray over here. Yeah. Of your mighty. Treasures of wisdom and things to be known hidden inside your head. And in this fortunate turn of events, you ask me to be your friend. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, be filled, church, be filled. Be filled with Holy Spirit. Go out in the power of the Spirit. Speak the name of Jesus. Stand. Do not fall. Amen. God bless you.